You're listening to C3 Church Vancouver Podcast. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Morning, church. I love this. I love shopping. Shopping for Jesus is even better. This is so good. Don't uh, don't lose this because I'm going to actually come back to this. This is awesome, Fletch. It's a... Uh, it helps me with um, part of what I want to say this morning. Um, so as you guys know, we've been having lots of series, lots of people up here, the team up here talking about Crosstown Shift. We're shifting, baby. We're lifting and we're shifting and we're praying that God brings in the lift during the shift and lots of stuff going on. I don't know about you, but as this shift has been happening, there's a lot of shifting going on in me. Is it just me? Okay. There's stuff going on in you too? Okay, good. Because I'm going to share a lot about the shifting that's happening in me. So I'm just going to share a lot of stories this morning. So, um, yeah. And really it's kind of um, what not to do in the shift. (laughs) I I don't know if God likes to use me as an example of what not to do. So, you know what? I'm a team player. So if I can make a mistake and hopefully you don't have to, then it's all good, right? Um, So... I get to speak on Crosstown Shift partnering this morning. But before I get there, I kind of want to give a little bit of context. Because um, in the shift, I've had to shift my attitude. I've had to shift my heart. And I've had to find God in the shift. And so I want to share this morning a little bit about how I found God in this or am finding God in this movement and that um, how it's not just affecting me personally, but what I feel like the shift is for the church. So personally, individually, and corporately. Because when you're in a body, when something's happening to the whole body, it's affecting every little part. So I'm glad that you guys are all feeling a shift going on in you too. It makes me feel a little bit better. But I'm going to go, I'm going to start back to when I first came into the church. That was about 14 years ago. So came in. Um, fell in love with God, wanted to be part of everything, started going to prayer meetings way back then, and back then we were praying for church buildings. I remember back then, like in your home, in the down, in your basement, we had a prayer meeting everywhere. So the fact that we got a prayer meeting at our own place in two weeks, no, this week, that's so cool. Like 14 years ago we were praying about that, and now it's happening. Anyways, so praying about a building back then. Then all these different things happened. Catherine went to Australia. Catherine came back from Australia. She helped us start um, the Rise and Build Fund. We had Rise and Build videos and commitment cards. So then we started to have money going into a bank for the building. So we just didn't have prayer, but we had money too. So there was sewing on all these different levels. Lots was going on. Then, like Fletch said this morning, we get a half a million dollar donation into the Rise and Build Fund. Actually, was given to Grandma Patty who gifted it to the church. I'm not sure if a lot of people know that. Wow. The investment given to them, they didn't invest it back into them. They invested it into the city. And so that prophecy this morning about being a good steward of what's been given to their hands, God's been watching them this whole time. Incredible. There's a sacrifice in this, guys. They're paying a price for people, for us. We're recipients of it. So is the city. 
Oh, best pastors ever. Amazing. Um, anyways, we get this donation, and then then launches a Rise and Build Lease Committee Fund. What do we call it? Building Committee? Something like that. Faith, yeah, it, lots of different names. <laughs> so we, we looked at places. Everybody's online looking for rentals. Awesome. Then um, Mike and Nat take the lead on that, lead us forward, and about two years ago, we find a place that we all think is going to happen. It's all happening. Um, and then it fell through. And so then they find this place. And you're thinking, okay, is that going to fall through too? You know, like what's going to happen? So all of a sudden, things start to happen, and we start to have meetings about this building, and are we going to move in, and what are we thinking, and people are praying, and the board's getting together, having board meetings, the committee meeting, the leader meeting, everybody's having meetings, right? And, and I'm thinking, is this it? Because for 14 years, we've been praying for something, but is now the time? And not really knowing what was going on in my heart, and we're sitting in noodle box, eating noodles and talking about church was awesome. Um, and Natalie says this comment, out of, and it's a reference out of Matthew 25, Parable of the Talents this morning, Matt, which is what I'm going to be talking about. Did you steal my notes? Um, Natalie says this comment, are we going to bury our finances or are we going to use it? And something resonated so deep on the inside of me, like shook. And I went away and I said, God, is now the time to take this money that you've given to us, that we've put in the bank, interest is coming, but is it now time to utilize it? This thought, this shift, this thinking was really, really hard for me. Up until that point, we had faith to wait. And that was actually quite comfortable. <laughs> And now I was wondering if God was asking us to put our faith into moving. It's equally challenging, but they're both very different faith actions. So I sat on this. I said, God, you've got to talk to me. Because when I share my opinion, when I share what I think is going on in for church and for this building, it, I felt the weight of that. And I wanted to know what God was saying to me about it. So I come to church, and Glenn gets up. He's all fired up, and he's going to talk about, um, I think it was a, I have it in here, I think it was a, a risk of faith. But before he even gets there, I remember him. He was just like pacing. He was just like on this stream with God. And he says this, the only way a seed can grow is when you release it. It grows when you let them loose. Seed is only a seed of what's to come. Church, if you have a seed in your hand, let it go. Come on. And I ask myself, God, is that you talking to us about the church? Is it time for us to let this seed of finance go? <laughs> My heart's even pounding. <sighs> then he actually goes into his message. That wasn't even his message. The message is a risk of faith. Do you hear what God's saying to us, guys? Faith is attaching yourself to something regardless of how it ends. The results have nothing to do with you. 
Someone else is in complete control. That's what faith is. And I said, oh my gosh, God, if we give this money to you, if we take it out of the bank, how are we going to know that we can sustain for the next 5, 10, 15 years? You don't. It's a risk. It's faith. But that, that is what he's calling us to do, to step out in faith. It's scary as heck. It's scary as hell. Am I allowed to say that? I'm shaking even as I'm up here. It is so scary. But the same amount of faith to wait is the same amount to move into an action. There's no difference. It's the fear that tries to set you there. And I'm not going to be dictated by fear. It constantly haunts me. And I'm not going to let the purposes of God go to waste over a city and over people because of fear. No way. If I ever say no to something, come back and tell me what I just said today. <laughs> we got to keep each other accountable. Uh, awesome. <sighs> oh my gosh, I'm shaking. This is hard. This is hard. Awesome. So I was pretty sure I was hearing God, <laughs> but I wasn't totally, totally sure. So I said, God, can you confirm this again? <laughs> So I started reading the word. I went into the Bible, and I felt like God gave me a rhema word. And it's Matthew 25, 14 to 17 in the message. And um, I'm actually going to read through the whole thing because it's really, really beautiful. And it's a parable of the talents, Matt, which is the same scripture reference that Matt talked about, I don't know, a year ago? So it's called The Story About Investment. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave 5,000, to another 2,000, to a third one, 1,000, depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. The servant with the 2000 showed how he doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. That's where we were at at that point. I, I thought it was pretty good, actually. I seriously did. I was like, we're so smart. We invested it. We like got um, a personal like financial person, and we put it into like the best one. It's like we got the best interest we could. So, when I got to this point, I was like, I actually think interest is pretty good. 
just being honest. But then, oh gosh, then I moved to the next sentence. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this, play it safe. Who won't go out on a limb? When I read this, I was so convicted. Convicted of like our good interest rate of, I don't know, 5% or whatever. Because we've moved it like from the bank to like an account where I was like, yeah, we're awesome. But I found myself in this story. And I related to the play it safe person, not the risk taker. And I want to be a servant that pleases God. I want to have the heart that he can bless and maybe give an extra thousand dollars to. This was exposing what was in my heart, not just for the church, but actually for my personal life too. This was corporately what was going on, but even personally. I had met Jeff. We were dating. Yeah. <laughs> we were dating. We were discussing, you know, whether or not we were going to partner together in life. And so this word wasn't just speaking to me about us corporately, but individually. Was I going to take a risk? Was I going to go with where I felt God was leading me? As exciting as it is, it's also really scary because it's different and it's faith and you don't know how it's going to end. You just listen to God and you just let him lead you forward. So God was challenging something deep within me to shift. So crosstown shift for me is not just a corporate shift, but an individual one. Shifting hearts, minds, attitudes to be risk takers for God, not play it safe people. But this is all in the context of partnership. Partnering with God, partnering with each other, and partnering with others outside of these four walls in order to grow this church to influence this city. So let me explain the partnering piece. Matthew 25 in the ESV, um, what do you say, ESV version, says this. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them. I'm going to read it again. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them. Hello? Traded with them. And he made five more talents. So also he who had the two talents made two more talents. But he who had received the one talent went and dug into the ground and hid his master's money. I kept reading the scripture over and over and over again because it really bugged me. I couldn't figure out why the first two servants doubled the money. Why it multiplied And the one that dug it, or put it in the bank, didn't double. Because in my mind, it was both, it was all sowing. It was taking something and sowing it. So I couldn't understand why the blessing seemed to fall on the first two and not on the last one. And that the last servant's attitude and what they did with that investment didn't please God. And then it hit me. It says the first two traded with their investment. When there's a trade, that means there's an interaction with somebody else. There's a partnering. 
with something outside of yourself. The first two looked for people to trade with, invest with, multiply with. The risk of investing in people, the risk of investing something that you care so much about, but the risk is what brought the reward. Not the individualistic, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to hide it, I'm not going to take a risk. Partnership. Partnering. That's so cool. God is so cool. The potential for growth doesn't lie in the talent itself or in the investment or whatever is given to you. It lies in the power of partnering. It wasn't the size of the talent that determined the growth. It was the risk that triggered the reward. Five talents triggered a double portion. Two talents or three talents or whatever it is triggered the same. The potential isn't in the talent. It's not in the money that's given to you. It's not in the skill set. It's in the risking of it. It's in the giving of it. It's in the investing of it. Isn't God a... actually going to get fired. But along the way, I started to realize that I can't grow it, but people can. And I need to partner with the people that can. I think that as we move into Crosstown Shift, that it's not about us working harder. It's about working smarter. And that's partnering with each other, with God, and with other people that are going to come into this house, but also the people that we're going to go out to, to partner with. There's so much stuff coming that we can do. Just think about it. You know, I've been thinking about Mike. I've been thinking about what he's been doing. He's organizing all these tradespeople to come in to build the building, the physical building. Painters, electricians, woodworkers, Glens that come and be blobs for Jesus <laughs> on wood. We've got to trade with the trades people that have specialized skill sets. Right. I was actually really jealous. I wanted to be a blob for Jesus. Oh. Oh. Um, anyways, so think about all the people that we're partnering with to build the external part of the building. How many more people are we going to partner with to build the internal workings of a church. Not the external, it's not the, it's not the building. If anybody should know church is not a building, it should be us. We have been to every place, we've been in every building. We are, what do we call ourselves? The, the mobile, Mexi the Mexican church, the multicultural church, like we're the everything church. But when you can bend and move and mold the moldable church, but it's not about the external building. So then right now we're doing all this external trades partnership, but going forward, we're going to have to partner 
with each of you, with each of us, our gifts, our talents, to build the, the good works of the church, the kids' church, the, um, the women's ministry, the men's ministry, the couples' ministry, the kids' ministry. I think I already said that. Um, you know, all these different ministries, but we have to partner. We don't have to work harder. We don't have to pray for God to give us three more days in the week so we can get more done. We just have to partner with each other's giftings and skill sets. And this is an opportunity for you guys and us to serve in a new way. It's not about serving how, we, how we've done in the past. We're going to have to keep some of that stuff going, but this is a brand new opportunity to find what's in you. What did God give you? What did he invest in you? So that you can invest it with us so it can grow. I'm all over the place. Crosstown Shift is an opportunity to partner with people both inside and outside the church so that we can be more visible in our community and be a community church, just like Fletch was talking about. Um, so there's three things that I've learned, um, mostly by doing it wrong, in partnership. And so I want to share some of this. Um, partnering with accountability. It's the first point in partnership. Or I think we call it partnering with a sense of accountability. Um, so I'm an executive director of the the job that I'm at now, and as I said in my first year, my, my main role is to raise funds, and the first year it went down. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> Anyways, that's because I was trying to do it myself, you know? I, I just didn't understand partnership. I didn't understand really how to do the role. Um, but as I started to sort of get out there and understand it a little bit more, I would go and I would visit with donors, and I would ask them to partner with us in an organization for a project that we're doing or, or something that we're, we're um, presenting to them. So I would receive a check from them. I would receive money from them. And um, I had to give an account. So I'd have to go back. Sometimes I have to do a report or sometimes I have to do a meeting and I have to go back and tell them what I've done with their money. Um, there's two things that can happen. So at the first, I would receive the money and then I would just carry on put it in the bank, and then just sort of carry on with the, the, um, the project and wouldn't necessarily connect with them or really let them know what was happening. And then I started to realize that that wasn't growing any momentum. <laughs> like, if anything, I was sort of losing donations. And then I started to realize they're partnering with me. They're investing something that they really care about because they want to be part of a journey. And so... I needed to go back to them and let them know what I did with it. And the donors that were most pleased was when I could tell them that the funds that they gave me, I was able to multiply so that we could do more with their work. Actually, Jeff, Jeff taught me this, leveraging, using money to raise money so you can affect more people. It pleased them. They got like the biggest smile on their face. They were watching what I was doing with that investment. It's the same as the scripture. The master gave talents, gave a gift, whatever you want to say. Like talents in that time was talking about money, but when I think of talents, I think about money, like our treasure, 
I think about our time and our talents. Did I say talents already? Time, talent, treasure. It's interchangeable for me. I think about all three. So the master was waiting to see if they would grow those investments. That's what God's looking for from us. What does God expect from you? What does he expect from me when he gives us our talents, our gifts? For some of you, it might be music, like incredible band this morning. Some of it might be hospitality. Some of it might be you love kids. Some of it might be fundraising. What gift has he given you and me? Because one day we're going to have to go back and we're going to have to be accountable for what he's given us. And this isn't something that to fear. It's actually something that can motivate you. It's actually kind of fun. How can I please my God with what he gave us? Cross Townships is an opportunity for us to do that, to grow what he's given us. For us to invest our time, our talents, and our treasure to be more involved. Doesn't necessarily have to be all about time, but partnering to grow so that we don't stay the same. So that we can be an indispensable part of our city. One of the best things at my job is watching my employees grow. That they become, they partner with us on a project and they sow their talent in it. And more people get blessed, more money comes in. It's actually so exciting. Life comes because of it. This is an opportunity for us to grow and not stay the same. I don't want to stay the same. Do you guys want to stay the same? I want to grow. I want to be all that God's called me to be. I want the church to be all that God's called us to be so we can actually touch this city. We have lots of dreams and desires, right, to be an indispensable part of the city. The second key that I've learned is partnering with priority or with a sense of priority. So if we go back to Matthew 25 in the message, it says that the servants went off right away. As soon as they were given the talent, they were gone. They went at once. They went to work. There was no hesitancy. They didn't do procrastination. They were so eager to please their master. They made it their priority to grow what had been given to them. It was their priority. In James 1.17 in the NIV, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father. They knew that all their talents came from God and that they were just there to steward it. When you realize that our gifts, everything given to us is God's, you want to invest it. You want to give back. When you realize it comes from Him, you're eager to serve. And not only that, it actually brings such a joy it's such a joy knowing that you can, you're flowing in a gifting that God's given you. That's where life comes. So when we see the opportunities to serve, we get excited. Like what, what Fletch pre presented today, the volunteer list that we put up. That's why you guys are excited about it. You want to be a part of it. And there's going to be lots more opportunities to serve as we go, right? But we do it because... We want, to, we want to serve. It brings us joy. We want to serve God because we realize it all comes from him, so we want to give it back to him. We're always looking for ways to partner. We're looking for ways to be a part of what God's doing. You know, even Jeff and I, like um, coming, together as partners, coming together as partners, we get to look for ways to partner together in God's work. It's awesome. Um, Jeff was away a couple weeks ago, 
And um, I really, really wanted to come down to the church and see it and be part of it. Um, I don't know how to do any of those traits, but I like really, really wanted to go. So when I found out that Glenn went and stood on a log, I was so mad. I was like, I want to stand on a log. I just, I just want to be a part of it. But I was struggling because my parents were here. My job was really busy at the time. So I was thinking in my head, okay, if I take a half a day off, then I can go down. And it was adding stress to me. And then I'm like, oh, how do I do this? How do I be a part of this shift in where I'm currently at? And Matt and Rose got up at, at one point and had just encouraged us. It was just this thought, you know, just like, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but just pray about it. I know that's so simple. And I'm like, how did I not think about this? I just wanted to move practically in the way that I've always moved. And you guys know I've served a lot. And I love serving in this house because I had more time than I do now. So my first initial thought was serve with time. But I was struggling with my time. And so then Matt and Rose say something up front of just, you know, how to partner or something. Just pray about it. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I was like, God... How can I be a part of this? Jeff was away at the time, and we talked about how we could partner together. But just in that season, in that moment, I was like, God, I really want to be a part of this. And this thought comes to me, and I think it's like this, I thought it was the stupidest, silliest thought. And so I was like, I just dismissed it. Because it didn't add up to my time. It was like out of the context of how I'd always served before. So I was like, no, that's stupid, that's silly, who's going to want that? And then so I go back, okay, God, can, like, you help me serve? Like, what can I do? And I'm going back to, if I go in early, then I can leave early. And I'm just getting stressed again. Then the thought comes again. And so, so I'm, I'm, it's so silly, but I'm going to tell you because it's just so silly. Um, the thought comes, like, just buy the worker's pizza. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the dumbest idea ever. Like, they don't need pizza. They need, like, extra hands. Like, no, I'm not doing that. And, um, and, and that's it. So, it's like, I struggle with this. And then, it's like, buy the people pizza. Like, this is so stupid. Like, we're building, like, a building, and my contribution is going to be pizza? And so then, I just, like, sheepishly meet up with Matt and Rose, and I was like, so, guys, I kind of have an idea. Uh, I think I like would kind of want to send some pizza, and then they're like, Carrie, the workers that were there yesterday like didn't even get to eat all day. Like that's per and like I'm gonna cry because it's so small, but it's actually a way to be a part of it. Like if I if I can't stand on a log, I can feed you to stand on a log. <laughs> but it really helps to keep things in place. <laughs> But, like, but I say that because are you guys dismissing some things too? Because you don't think that they're important? Because I totally did. Like, that felt like a cop-out. It felt like a cop-out to me because my thing is time. But as we move into this shift, we've got to move with the shift. We've got to move this thinking and be flexible. What is God saying? What can you do? What part can you play? And it's not insignificant. What part?
do you want to play? Together, Jeff and I are looking at how to how to partner in this. Um, this is another example, not what to do. Um, <laughs> can you put up the shopping list? I love the shopping list. So we've been talking and praying and like, what can we do? How can we help? And we get this like really great idea and we go to Graham and Patty and we're like, we have a really great idea and we'd love to get this. And um, they were amazing. Like they were just so amazing and so gracious. And they were like, that's really, thank you. That's lovely. And just, they were so, so awesome. But I'm like, hmm, something's not, something's not hitting the mark here. And we walk away and we're like, hmm, well, maybe, I don't know, something, you know? And then um, <laughs> we realized that, <laughs> that we offered something that doesn't even make this list. <laughs> So it's not that it's not important, it's just maybe it's just maybe more important at a different season. Because the thing that we wanted to give um, really doesn't help people, you know, sit <laughs> and, you know, hear the message. Like, if there's no microphones, like, the gift that we want to give is not going to keep anybody there. And um, so we just kind of laughed and we were like, okay, so um, now what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> which was... Awesome, because then I realized this. Was the contribution or the gift that we wanted to give restricted on our preference? Or did we want to realign our heart and our gift ability to prioritize what's needed for the house? Because it's easy when you feel like it's like, oh, but God told me. But if it's not blessing your priorities, is it really going to help? So are the priorities our priorities? And this is going to come up, guys. Like, we're not even in the building. It's already come up for me. You know what I mean? This is just a shopping list, and it's already come up. So are we going to relinquish preference because it's actually not about that. It's actually about the people. So our gifting, our sowing, our investments, can we be flexible and just allow it to flow as a priority? Maybe you have something in your heart that's not up there yet. That's okay. There's going to be a time for it. But can we shift that and go, how can I be a part of this? Not necessarily just wait, because I don't think this is a season to wait. This is a season to move. And I actually think there's two ways to look at this. I think you can look at it and go, I can't do any of that, or I don't want to do any of that. I know that's not in here. It's more probably the capacity. I can't do any of this. So you can measure yourself out of partnering. Or you can say, how can I partner with somebody to do some of these things? Maybe you can't do the storage cabinet, but maybe you can talk to five other people and you can together you could do the storage cabinet. You know? Because again, that's going back to the servant that was all an individual. Whereas the other one said, I have this. And if I partner with you, we can double it. 
So if we can bring our investment into the corporate partnering, we can totally do this list, guys. I know it's $24,000, but we just, we're just moving into a building. We just got a gift of $500,000. So if we can, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to go there. Especially when we're struggling with finances, right? But this isn't all about finances. Because like, if I go back to my pizza thing, my pizza analogy, um, I was only looking at how to serve in my time. But there's three areas. How, anything that comes up, any opportunity that comes before you, can we be thinking, God, can I serve in my time? Yes, no, okay. If it's a yes, or if it's a no, let's move on to the next one. Can we serve in my, my talent? Can I give to this opportunity in a skill set? Or treasure, finances? Maybe not, it doesn't always have to be linear like me. I think in lines. Maybe we can do all three sometimes. Or maybe we can only do two out of the three. Or one out of the three. There's going to be many opportunities, many decisions, many things that happen in the life of the church. And I want us to, like, I want to encourage us just to have soft spirits to preference. Preference to how it's set up. Preference to what it looks like. Preference to where maybe a TV goes that you think a TV should go over there. You know? Like, we all have, we all have ownership. So it's actually really quite beautiful, you know, to want to put your stamp on it. But if we can just be soft and allow the priorities, the priorities of the house to be our priorities, I believe that God's going to bless it. Okay, and the last one is partnering with a sense of accessibility. Is that, is that right? Like accessibility? I'm a really bad speller. Okay, this is another story about me. I'm so sorry, guys. Learning all about me. Patty? One person likes my stories. She's a pastor, so I get to keep going. I've got to wrap it up. Okay. Um, all right. There was a time in our church where someone needed some help. Um, I was contacted about it. A couple people were contacted about it. Um, just to see if we could help this person. Um, there were some needs, and um, so it came into me, and I immediately thought, um, I bet you this person could help, and this person could help, and this person could help. Um, I don't know if you guys do that, if you kind of like shift responsibility and go, well, I can't really do anything, but I think they can. Um, so anyways, in my head, I'm like, oh, I think that person can help, but they weren't helping, and I was like, I should really help. <laughs> I didn't actually say it, but this is what I was thinking. And then the thought comes to me, why don't you help? And I'm like, because well, I can help. And um, the thought comes to me again, yes, you can. And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. And I'm like, how? Um, and this person needed some money. And at the time, I didn't have money, but I thought that I had. And then I remembered this little secret stash of money that I forgot about 
I had been sewing for a, a while um, for a wedding. It was my faith wedding fund, which I didn't tell anybody about because none of us really thought I was going to get married. <laughs> so I just was putting this money away over a long period of time. And truthfully, like, if I was able to have a wedding with that amount, it probably would have been more like an eight-man tan. And like hot dogs or something. I don't even think I could have bought a cake, maybe one cupcake. Like it wasn't a big fund, but it was pretty big for me because I'd been sewing for a really long time and it had taken a while. And truthfully, I think at the time it was the most tangible thing that I had closest to a wedding. <laughs> there was like nothing happening in the man world. I hadn't been on a date and just wasn't looking good. But I had this stash. And I guess it just made me feel good of like, there's still possibilities. So in my head, that was like unrestricted funds. Like this, in, in my job, there's like restricted funds and not, or restricted funds. This was like restricted to carry dreams. Um, and this person that needed money actually needed money and it was attached to their dreams. And I felt like God said, I want you to sow your dreams. That's terrible crackers. <laughs> I want you to sow that money, which was your dream, and I want you to sow it into their dreams. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys go through this. Like, if you guys are like, yeah, sure, God. Like, maybe you should be up here, but... I said, no. Like, I was like, no, wait, that's my dream. And, uh, and I just, I couldn't let it go. just kept coming back to me. Um, and so I did. Eventually I got to a good place about it. Um, it took me a while. But um, I got to a place of, God, this is yours. At the end of the day, you gave me this. This is your gift. And I don't want to sow it in for Carrie's purposes. I want to sow it into God's purposes, which is actually for people. So I let it go. And it was beautiful. It was, it was freeing. I was, I was able to sow into somebody's dream. And on the other side of that dream, it's going to be probably a few years, but on the other side of that dream, I know that there is people that are going to benefit from that. And so do we want to multiply our own dreams or do we want to multiply God's dreams? So I let it go. And you just let it go. You don't really think about it. You give with no strings attached, right? It's not like, God, I'm going to give this if you give me this. You just let it go. So I had, you know, been prepping for this. So I wake up in the morning and it was the time that I was going to sew it. And so I sew it. And it was just awesome. It's just awesome. And it's actually really awesome to not hold it anymore either. Like there's a freedom that comes. There's a flow that comes. So that was in the morning. And then I go to a conference in the afternoon. And that's when I meet Jeff. That's how I met you. Look, I just have to pay God a couple, you know, some money. And then I get a husband. <laughs> All worth it.
story is not to give money to get a guy. That's not the moral. I'm sorry. It just, that just happened for this occasion. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the girls are on Tidely. <laughs> $24,000 just came into the bank. <laughs> um, so that's not the moral of the story at all. But uh, do we have a heart? Do we have the heart to let what we've restricted our time to, our talent to, our treasure to, do we have the heart to allow God access so that he can do what he wants with it, to bless other people and Guys, at the end of the day, it does come back. We don't do it for that. We do it because he's an amazing God. God, you are amazing. And he deserves all of our time and our talent and our treasures. Um, band, if you want to come up. It's, an, like, it's, just, it's an honor to serve him. We can never outgive him. And, you know, in all of this, this all flows from a heart of partnering with him. But he wants to partner with you. You know, I've been talking a lot about us partnering together and with one another and with God. But God came to earth because he wanted to partner with you. It all starts with him. We love him because he loved us first. And so I know, I know a lot of people, most people in this church, but, you know, some visitors and some new people. And um, at the end of the day, the greatest gift is to know him. And if you, if you are here and you've never, if you don't know God, you don't know how much he loves you and wants to partner with you in life. And that he's proud of you. None of your weakness, anything that you think is not a gift or a talent, but a curse. He wants to take that all up. He died on the cross for you. Release you from that. And so, I'm actually just going to get you guys all to stand up. You know, if you are here and you've never partnered with him, if you've never prayed, God, come into my life, if you've never given him your life, then I, I always have an opportunity for people to come up and do that because that, in that moment, I made that decision, I don't know, 20, I don't know how many years ago, I love doing that. It was the greatest decision I've ever, ever made. And he has taken my life and turned it into something that only he could have done. And it's, it's a gift to know him. So at the end of the 
leaders see it. I'm only up here because Grandma and Patty saw something in me. They, they pulled it out of me, and I trusted them, and I walked on this journey, and now I'm in a job and living a life that I never would have if they hadn't allowed that to grow. They partnered with me to grow. In this church, these people, these pastors, our leaders, we want you to grow. We want you to fulfill all that God has for you, everything that's sitting on the inside of you. And so if there's a sense of, of just a wanting God into your world, then I want to invite you guys up because we want to pray for you. And other than that, I love you. I love doing this journey with you. You guys are all phenomenal. Stick around. Stick to the shift until we lift and get a lift. <laughs> Lucy, we're going to get a lift for you, baby. We're going to get a lift for you. Um, so have a great day. I love you. Make sure you guys are here next Sunday because it's our last celebratory Thanks for listening. For more information, join us online at c3b.ca.